that's something that I've been exploring over the last month and we'll continue to look into this idea of how we can love God back. And I really felt like tonight there was just this awesome corporate expression of people loving on God. And it's actually this kind of expression that I I really wanted to talk about tonight, so you can understand why I didn't want to stop you doing it to talk about it, but maybe we'll talk just a bit now. So um, so what I've been exploring over these, these last few weeks has been this idea of uh, love languages and the possibility that maybe God has love languages as well. A guy called Gary Chapman wrote a book, Five Love Languages, sold a few million copies, it was a big deal, and uh, I uh, bought it because apparently I suck at this kind of stuff, so my dear wife tells me, so I think she bought it for me to sort me out, and um, there's some pretty interesting stuff in here, stuff that really did challenge me, and uh, it was eye-opening, and the idea that that I was struggling to express uh, to my wife in a way that she could understand how I felt about her inside, because we're all uniquely wired to perceive and receive love through uh, d- d- five different expressions. Uh, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, um, physical touch, uh, and receiving of gifts. So, for some reason, um, in our wiring of our brain, when, when things are uh, expressed in, in the way that we get it blows us away and we feel and experience love. Where someone could be loving on us uh, in a way that they understand, but we just don't get it. It just totally misses us. So this revelation was huge for my relationship with Leslie. And I wondered, just after reading the book, you know, does God have love languages? Are there ways of loving on him that just really blow him away? And so what, I didn't find that in the Love Languages book, but I did find in, in the Bible that God has told us time and time again how it is that he wants us to love on him. And, and after pouring over scripture, I, uh, I came to the conclusion that there are, there are two primary forms of, of, of love expression that God desperately desires. And uh, they are acts of obedience and loving others. Those aren't in the book but they are in the Bible. God is loved when we obey his commands and he is loved when we selflessly love others. And so uh, we explored that in some, some length um, a few weeks back. Those two manifest- manifestations of love are overwhelmingly uh, the expressions that the Bible calls us to, but there are some other valid forms of love expression that are not only found in Scripture, but it also seemed to be you know, etched into our psyche and kind of written into our DNA. And I want to talk about one of those tonight. So as I said, I, I read this book to help me understand how I can better show my wife how I feel about her so that she feels loved and our relationship can grow. And it was really hard work. I had to actually work at it and rethink things and make a special effort. But Leslie was worth it, so I I did it. Now, a a hard truth that I 
kind of thought about over the last couple of weeks is this idea that if if we treated our boyfriend or girlfriend or our, our husband or wife or you know someone special in our life if we treated them the way that we treat God uh, most of us would be dumped or divorced within months or even weeks now, I appreciate this analogy probably works you know, better for people who are actually in a committed relationship but um, I think it stands true and I understand it because the reality is that for a lot of us, we hardly spend any time with him. We hardly talk to him. We really make any effort to give him anything beyond what we feel obligated to. Some of us can go days without talking to him, uh, weeks without spending any real one-on-one time with him, months, if not years, without uh, going out of our way to honour him and bless him in a way that actually costs us. If we treated our partner like we treat God, our lack of expressed love would cause our relationship to wither and die. But thankfully we have a big, patient, gracious God who doesn't divorce us. He has promised us that he will never leave us or forsake us and he always keeps his promises. And he has said that there is nothing that can separate us from his love. I think we all know that to be true, even on just a, at least a theoretical level. And because we know that to be true, we can end up taking him for granted. Now there may be nothing that can separate us from God's love. But you better believe there are a lot of things that separate God from our love. Our selfishness, our unfaithfulness, our hard hearts, our apathy, our lack of revelation. These things blind us to God's worthiness and they bind us from responding to God with the love that he deserves. And so we continue to live out the same prophetic relationship that Hosea had with his wife Gomer. Except that we, the church, the bride of Christ, we are the unfaithful spouse. It is we who cannot honour our husband, stay true to him, and love him like we should. We can take comfort in the truth that God will not walk out on us, but the relationship that a lot of us are left with is devoid of intimacy. Because it is true in the spirit as it is in the flesh, but it takes two to tango. James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. God has done everything that is necessary to save us, even his son going to the cross. But if we want real intimacy, we need to step forward into that. Many of us, particularly men, can struggle to think of our relationship with God and Terms of romance just sounds too girly. But the reality is, I'm not sure if you've thought about it this way, but the reality is, in our relationship with God, we are the girl. And in the terms of, yeah, some of you are like, no, I'm not hearing that yet. Even in the terms of the body of, uh, the, body of um, the, the bride of Christ, 
we form this partner under God. We are the girl in this relationship. The reality is, as the girl, men, we need to soften up. In the Bible, hard is never a good word. Hard is used most of the time to talk about a hard heart. And it's a hard heart that stops us hearing God's word and receiving his love, no matter how God showers it on us. And it's hard hearts that most definitely stop us from loving God back. Men, if we ever want to have any real intimacy with God, we need to get in touch with our sensitive sides. Now, you might not think you have one. I didn't have one until I think I was 27, 28. That's when I uh, really, well, my wife showed me that it was somewhere deep in there. And she's been digging away just to kind of pull it out more and more. But if you don't think you've got a sensitive side, you need to let God make one in you. David was a warrior king. Man, he was full on. Killed thousands, if not tens of thousands, by the sword. Fought and killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. Killed a giant with stones. That's a man's man. I don't care who you are. That's a man, tough man. I'm scared of him. I'm scared of like his stories in the Bible. But this same warrior king would stay up all night talking to God like a lovesick teenager. No offense. This same savage warrior would write God soppy love songs and poems. Poems. Kind of a manly man writes poems. The kind of man who kills tens of thousands of people with a sword does. All right. Songs like this. I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. Show me the wonders of your great love, you who save by your right hand. Those who take refuge in you from their foes, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 27, 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul how I used to go to the house of God. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. David wrote stacks of soppy love songs like that. Because he doesn't care what I think or anyone else thought. This is him and God. David may have been a hard man, but he wasn't a hard man with God. With God, he allowed himself to be vulnerable and honest and sensitive and affectionate. And from that, an amazing intimacy with God developed. And that's what I want. You ever read Song of Songs? Song of Solomon? Some full-on gooey stuff in there. 
It'll make you blush. God really loves us and he desires an intimate relationship with us. In fact, I don't think some of you guys are old enough to read Song of Songs yet. R18 on some of that stuff. It's no coincidence that, that I'm a worship leader. It's no coincidence that I, uh, I'm drawn to singing songs of worship and praise and uh, adoration because my primary love language, uh, according to the book, is words of affirmation. And what that means is that words have a particular power with me. They mean a lot to me. They, uh, I'm very sensitive to words. Words have the power to build me up and to hurt me, like quite, quite full on. I respond really well to encouragement, um, and criticism really brings me down. Words are the, the way that I convey best my feelings. So um, the chance I get to sit down and pour over a page and write down my thoughts on these kind of things, I love it. The opportunity to pour out my heart like this, I just, I'm, I'm alive right now. This doesn't drain me. This is what I feel like God created me to do, to speak words. The great thing about talking to God is that you never have to worry about whether he understands you, understanding what you mean, because he always understands. In fact, even when you, you struggle to articulate it yourself, God knows better than you what's really going on inside you. But that doesn't negate the whole idea of talking with him. We don't talk with him because he needs to hear uh, the information that he hasn't got. We share with him because that's what relationship is. In fact, our talking does more for us than it does for him. Speaking forth changes things. Words carry power. And with God, they build intimacy. One of the most powerful habits my wife Lizzie and I have built into our marriage is this little thing that we call appreciates. And every night as we go to bed, just before we turn off the lights, we do this little thing. We pause, take a moment to reflect on and remember the things that the other did for us during the day. Things that we appreciate. And then we, then we tell each other. So I might say, sweetheart, I really appreciate that you baked a lovely loaf of bread. I love fresh bread. Thanks for that. Thank you that you uh, did all the washing and uh, folded all that. It's cool. I particularly like the nice lavender rinse. It's, it's great. Thank you for looking after the girls today. I know that they were really tough. I know that you're not feeling that well, so thanks for soldiering on through that. Thanks for making me an awesome dinner tonight. Sweetheart, your macaroni is even better than my mum's. And most of all, I just appreciated cuddling up on the couch with you tonight, even just watching TV. You really are my favourite person in the world to hang out with. Thanks, babe. And then she does me. And it's just awesome, particularly for a guy like me, just hearing just the things she appreciates about me, the things she noticed. I didn't even think that she knew I did. Just hearing her speak them out just fills me up. So that's appreciates. But we don't just appreciate things that the other person does. The rules for this little exercise is that we've got to also appreciate 
something about the person because we're not just about doing. It's about who you are. And so, so the next thing we've got to sit and just think, what about Leslie today just really stood out for me and I'll share something, it'll, something about her character or something about her personality or something about her body, I don't know, something that's quite cool and intimate and I won't say anything more than that, but it's a husband and wife thing, but but I speak that out and I speak that over her and sweetheart, I appreciate and love you for this and this just really grabbed me today and I bless you with that and then she does me. I tell you, there is nothing cooler than going to bed, going to sleep and you've got those words in your head and in your heart because you go to bed feeling loved. That is awesome. That is how you build and sustain intimacy in a marriage. Imagine what it could do for your relationship with God if you did that every day. Imagine stopping at the end of each day and recounting the blessings that God has bestowed on you that day and praising him for them. Think about it. What are you thankful for today? I don't have to think too long at all. I, I was worried last night that I wouldn't be able to get up in time. Uh, I'd stuff up the daylight saving thing and I'd be late for work today. And so I prayed and just trusted that it would be okay. And, and I did. I woke up just at the right time, just before my alarm went off. So, Lord, I appreciate that. I know you've got my back. And, and as I got up, I just reflect, thank you, Lord, there's always food in the pantry and I never go hungry. Lord, I'm thankful there was petrol in the car to get me here. I'm thankful for the inspired way that the band came together and worshipped this morning. And tonight, your hand was really on that. I'm thankful that you graced us with your presence, Lord. I'm thankful for the inspiration that you gave me to preach. I'm thankful that, that you are with me now and that you are using me to make a difference in people's lives. I'm thankful that I have such an awesome job. I'm thankful that you love me regardless of how well I preach or play guitar or lead worship. And God, I recognize and appreciate that you had a hand in all these things and I thank you and I praise you because every good thing I have is from you. And I appreciate just how generous and loving and gracious and merciful and patient you are with me. Thank you, Lord. You are awesome. How often do you do something like that? Good. Take notes. See, I don't do that enough. But here's the truth of it. I do do that every day for my wife. And is Leslie more worthy of my praise and adoration than God? Hell no. She's pretty special. The most important person to me on this planet. But my relationship with God is just a whole other level. And his worthiness, it's not even... Not on the same page or the same book. I don't think God needs my affirming words to fill his love tank. He doesn't need it. But I know from the depth of my heart that he is worthy of it. And what I've found that is the more I meditate on what God has done for me and on the wonders of his character and nature, the more love for him wells up within me the more appreciation builds up for him. 
The amazing truth is that God isn't going to love us more if we sing him nice songs. He's not going to love us more if we do anything at all. He couldn't love us any more than he already does. He doesn't restrain his love with us. But we come to love him more the more we recognize just how worthy he is and continue just to speak those words forth. And I wonder, what have we got? We've got time. I wonder if right now we could have a go at this. This might not be something that you're used to. I'm not sure if you journal. I'm not sure if you've ever written a love song or a love letter before, but this is what I want us to do now. This is between you and God, so you don't have to do it if you don't want to, but this will be my challenge. I want us right now to take a moment just to reflect on, on this day we've had with God, on who He is and what He has done for us, and just write down, I don't know if it's going to be a shopping list, I mean, a list, I don't know if it's going to be a song, I don't know if it's going to be a poem or just a letter, I don't know what it will be, but write to Him an expression of our love and thanks to Him. Do you understand? You with me? I want, I want us to do this. I don't want this to be theoretical. Because I, I, and I'm going to do it too. I, I want this to become a part of what I do every day, taking time to reflect on what he's done and who he is and glorify him for it. Is this cool? All right, I've got paper, I've got pens. They're going to be up here. If you haven't got paper or pens, send someone who has got a servant heart to come up and, uh, and get some. But we're just going to take a minute to do this. Samuel's going to play us some love ballad song in the background. And yeah, no one's going to no one's going to grade you on this. This is just between you and him. So, but paper and pens. Remember who was there for us. Remember who he is. Tell him, praise him, worship him. Lord God, I pray that you would nurture within us, Lord, a a soft heart that loves you passionately and deeply is not afraid or ashamed to express our love to you I pray Lord that you would pull down our pride and that you would fill us Lord with a, a joy and a kindness and a warmth for you that would just grow and grow I pray, Lord, we would start to give back to you some of what you are worthy of. And Lord, you are worthy of all praise. just want to close this by reading this psalm. Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. 
One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell you of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you will give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. I just want to say there's one thing that is cooler than Leslie telling me how much she appreciates me and how cool she thinks she is. I am. That's when I overhear her telling someone else. There's nothing cooler than that. A secret word of, of praise and affirmation. That's why I love that psalm. A man who loves God telling everyone else about it. Let's love them a bit more, eh, people?